For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to Believe in Softball. I'm your host, Jenna Becerra. And as we all know, this past weekend was Mother's Day. And softball moms are super special. So we're back at it with the mom pod to wrap up the celebration. So reminders for ways to keep up with the show, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Believe in Softball. That's B-L-E-A-V. Subscribe to Believe in Softball on YouTube and actually watch the episodes too. I promise it's epic. But with that, we will go ahead and go through today's order. First, we'll cover our bases. I'll hit you with some news and updates. Big stuff going on right now. It's that time of year. So I'm excited for that. Then we'll head into today's interview, which is a continuation of my conversation with one of my favorite guests ever, as you know, my mom, who, like so many others, has been a longtime softball mom. So in part one, you heard us talk about the role of a softball mom, all kinds of memories from rec ball all the way up to college, balancing it all, even some questionable fashion choices, just lots of good stuff. But in part two today, you'll hear more about being a mother-daughter duo, the relationship that she and the whole family has with sports, and what we believe makes a strong woman, and a whole lot more. So I'm excited for you to hear the rest of that conversation, and then as usual, we will wrap things up with the foul tip of the week, our new segment this season where we share tips to help us get better. All right, let's go. Covering our bases. What a time right now in sports. This time of year for softball is unreal on every level. College, pro, Olympics, everything. There's just huge stuff happening right now. We're building up to it. And I just can't look away from sports in general. I mean, this time last year, we hardly had anything. And we still have a ways to go to get back to what we think of as normal. But just how nice is it to be here now? And Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. They have you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Remember, Bet Online, don't forget them. They're your online sportsbook experts. I got to start with college softball, too. It is mayhem, y'all. Everyone was talking about Bedlam this last weekend. The showdown between Oklahoma and Oklahoma State was entertaining, to say the least. I mean, to see them kind of split. Oklahoma had only had that one loss to Georgia for the entire season. You see that shakeup. Ultimately, yes, the Sooners did come out on top for the series, but just late season heroics, shakeups, that's the stuff that we, we live for. And it just gets us super excited for postseason. But before we get to the actual NCAA tournament, there's some other fun things to talk about. So first full season as a program for Clemson was their first ACC regular season title. 
So no surprise there that John Rittman, my old coach at Stanford, got the coach of the year honors for that amazing effort. Like that is crazy to think about. They just had that shortened season last year. They come back this year. They win it, right? And not only that, player and freshman of the year was Valerie Cagle, who is an amazing two-way player that I have just loved watching all year long. And after these kind of regular season conference heroics that we've seen, now it's tournament time. So at the ACC tournament, there's Clemson, Florida State, and Duke, the one, two, three seed, respectively. And I'm excited because, you know, Coach Alameda, Lonnie Alameda, was Rittman's former assistant when they both coached at Stanford. So there's there's all these, like, relationships within the competition, within the rivalries that are so cool to see play out, too. I mean, I'm a sucker for stories. We know this. And I think the reason I'm so interested in the tournaments is it's not something that I experienced as a player. We didn't have a Pac-12 tournament, and they still don't. And I remember asking Marissa Young, Duke's head coach, on the show when she came on about her thoughts on the tournaments. And she said, it's just nice because they don't get to play everybody in the regular conference season schedule. And it's nice that you actually get to see more of the teams that are a part of that conference with you. But I also think, in my opinion, the regular season and then having a tournament with high stakes, those are really two different things, totally different. It's one thing to win the series in a weekend and kind of stack those, but how do you perform when it's all on the line at the end. And what a perfect way to transition into the postseason tournament environment for the NCAA tournament too, right? Like it's such a great segue. So then on top of the ACC, there's also the SEC tournament, which is going to be good. So there's Florida, Arkansas, and Alabama as the one, two, three seed respectively. And remember we talked about Arkansas first conference title in the regular season ever as a program. It's amazing to see that kind of mix up there at the top. And I mentioned with Clemson being there for the ACC, think about Duke too. They've only existed for a few years. Like I love to see those types of teams mixing in with these like consistent longtime powerhouses in both of these conferences. So I'm I'm just really excited for that. And then of course, we've been seeing some senior days. Like this past weekend have been the last official home games. I mean, a lot of these players may end up being at home again if they host postseason uh, weekends for regionals, super regionals, et cetera. But last weekend, this weekend, it's senior days and there's just something different. It's, it's weird. It's like, it's your last time and you just, but you feel like you're at home at the same time. And so I think there's, I don't know, there's a special kind of bubble or glow around that experience. So lots going on in college and something that's college related, but talking about the next level too, is just following up from last week's episode Athletes Unlimited had their college draft this week. They did announce the 12 seniors invited to join the league. And hopefully you saw it. There was over 800 people tuned in on Facebook Live. It was actually really similar to the drafts that they had weekly during the season back in the fall. But anyway, I won't hold you in suspense any longer. The number one pick is, drumroll please, Rachel Garcia. I mean, come on, obviously. And it wasn't necessarily, they came out and said later too, this was all decided by the player executive committee. It wasn't in a particular order, like these players weren't ranked, but regardless, I just feel like you have to say Rachel Garcia's name first, right? Like that's just the way you do it. But there were also five total from the Pac-12. There was UW Sis Bates, who was named 12th out of the 12. So there was like so much suspense (laughs) 
happening. And she was actually at practice when she found out, right? And they're kind of like going in the dugout, trying to peek and check like, hey, what's the status, you know? But she rounded things out. There's also three from Arizona alone. Deja Molipola, Jesse Harper, and Alyssa Denham. So lots of representation totally from the Pac-12. Not a surprise, considering how great the teams are this year. But more pitchers also. Minnesota's Amber Pfizer, OU's G. Juarez, Oklahoma State's Carrie Eberly. They need it, right? Like more Big 12 players also. Texas, Shannon Rhodes, Iowa State's Sammy Williams. And then, of course, Aliyah Andrews repping the SEC from LSU. We got AJ last season. Now we got Aliyah, but it's all Air Andrews in the end. And I know that AJ had said when she came on the show recently that it's really about guides over goals. But honestly, Aliyah seems to be following in her footsteps pretty closely. So we'll see if she still feels that way later on. But then lastly, the raging Cajun, Sierra Bryant, is repping the Sun Belt. And she's actually the only non-Power 5 player that was a part of this draft. And like I said, how they did it is the player executive committee actually selected the group together and they did a ton of coach interviews, research, like a ton of work that led up to this. And they all talked about just how difficult it was to only choose 12 out of this entire class. They're just super talented, but also it's just a larger volume of people because of COVID and eligibility and people coming back. There's just so much going on. But I also love to see the newest PEC member was Tori Vidalis, our friend of the show. And she hosted with Gwen Svekis, Victoria Hayward, Jasmine Jackson, Haley Wagner in the squad. And we had those other presenters we mentioned, like the reigning champ, Kat Osterman. We talked about this last week. The highlight, though, I would say, just in terms of crossover and growth and something that was just unique and cool, was having Kim Ng, the first female GM in Major League Baseball for the Marlins. Like, that's just really cool. I, you guys know I, I want to see more crossover with the MLB. I think it's awesome. Then plenty of other amazing people, too, that we've mentioned multiple times on this show. And I have to specifically shout out Amanda Scarborough because it was actually her birthday on Monday when they did this. I think she was spending it as she would want to spend it, right? Like doing softball, but still just pretty fun. Pretty cool. So my thoughts overall is, like I said, Pac-12 well represented. The ACC is actually the only Power 5 conference not represented. And I think that that's going to, to change. And that's just represented within the draftees. That's going to change. We talked about how much talent is there. It's going to happen. I'm really glad they got more pitchers. There was such an explosive offense last year. They need it. They need depth in pitching based on what happened last year. And these pitchers are amazing, but the hitting has just come so far along. So I'm excited to see them get more. And then really, I would just say more as a sort of observation. It it was really more of an announcement than a live draft. I mean, these were predetermined who was going to be announced. So the real win in this situation is that these young women got to hear their names called to play a professional sport. That's the big thing. The MPF had a draft day in the past, right? But it wasn't necessarily a consistent thing every single year for fans and draftees to tune into and have that experience. This is a dream that's realized, and I want that to be normalized and celebrated for women. And with that, speaking of celebrating women, the Canadian Olympic team was officially named for Tokyo. So we've talked about this a little bit, but just as a reminder, unlike Team USA, who named their Olympic roster in late 2019 and has just stuck with it ever since, some other teams still hadn't locked in the 15 women that would represent their country. Canada was one of them. But they have finally shared who will wear the maple leaf this summer. And the two that I have to call out specifically are former guests of this show, 
Danielle Laurie and Victoria Hayward. They're both UW alums, but it's Danielle's second games. But for Vic, it'll be her first. They've played together for years. They're close friends. And they've both worked their asses off to get here. I mean, Danielle came on the show talking about how hard it is being a mother of two coming out of retirement. That she just wants a medal and to compete with this group, especially some of her long, long time teammates like Jen Salling and Kaylee Rafter, so freaking bad that she's going to push through it, even after the postponement from last year. It's just the ultimate inspiration to keep going. And then there's Vic, who has been just dedicating herself to growing the game, period, in multiple ways. Training with and serving as a captain for Team Canada, meddling and coming in third with Athletes Unlimited in the inaugural season last year, and leading the Player Executive Committee. Like, I just get chills thinking about how they've been putting in the work, both as athletes, but also as leaders. And just, after 13 years of waiting for softball, we are back. And we will be represented by amazing, strong women. I'm just, I'm fired up. Like, I I cannot wait for this. But speaking of strong women, we know mothers and daughters have a very unique bond. And coming off of Mother's Day, we're finishing that conversation I had with my softball mom, spilling all the beats about this. So we left off part one after talking about how softball affected our family while I was playing. And now we're going to hear more about how it's developed over time in our lives. So let's check it out. Obviously, Dad was a baseball guy. And again, anyone who listened to that or knows us knows his sort of background and loving the sport before me. But for you, it's like, what was your background in sports? Like, I've asked you this before, and we've talked about it a little bit. <laughs> but like when you were growing up, I know you said you, you like to play a lot. Oh, I love to play any kind of sport. But, you know, um, I was never in any organized sports growing up. Um, I remember when I told you we played baseball at the end of the cul-de-sac and I broke a window and my parents marched me over to the house and had me apologize and swear up and down. I used my allowance to pay to replace the window, you know. I loved all sports, even in high school, my senior year, it was like, I took like two PE classes just so I could play more sports, you know? Um, And I had two brothers, so that was, that made me love sports as well. Um, And I'm probably one of not a whole lot of women that actually really loves football. I love football. I love to watch it. College football in a stadium, there's nothing like it to me. There's nothing like it. So I really enjoy that. Um, But it didn't really come from playing organized sports, you know. I just liked being outside and in the sun and just running around and so. But you did have that basketball trophy. I've seen it. Yes. Yes. It was a free throw contest. Yeah, I won uh, locally and then went to a regional uh, hoop shoot, if you will. And that's so far back that they didn't even have little girl trophies. I mean, it was a boy basketball player on my trophy. Yeah. They didn't even do do girls. But um, 
that comes from, you know, being outside with my brothers and playing over the, over the garage, you know, and practicing and okay, I'll, I'll try it, you know, and it's fun. You know, I just, I just think sports are a lot of fun. And um, the fact that we now have title nine and women can play a sport and also get a college education out of it. Wow. There's nothing better, you know, just nothing better that they have these opportunities. Um, and you realize how important that is, uh, especially like when softball was not in the Olympics for quite a while. Yeah. Um, you got to have something else to, to shoot for. But if you, if you can play a sport that you love and also get a college education, that's like a, why not? You know, I, I think it is. So. Yeah. Well, obviously I agree, but that's the thing is it changed my life, which then also changed your life and dad's life. Like you were yeah. saying, and, and even our extended family, my grandparents, grandpa has like a shrine of all of my softball stuff from Stanford, you know, in his room at the veterans home, like it became a really big part of everyone's lives. And, you know, my cousins and I bonding over it, I have, with Ryan, one of my cousins going, being a all American wrestler in college, Steven playing football in college. Like I, most people don't realize, cause I didn't really talk about this much or it didn't even register with me till recent years. But the fact that we, all my cousins and I are first generation college graduates as well as student athletes, first generation. Yeah. And I always now looking back at it, think it's really really cool how the support that you and dad gave me that my aunts and uncles all gave to, to them, to Ryan and Steven to be able to be the first in our families to do that. It's, it's pretty cool because it was new for all of us, not just me, but for you and dad, everything was completely new. Oh yeah. We, uh, we, your father and I both did a little bit of college, but we never went away. We did junior college. We never went away to a university like you did. So it was all new to us, you know, how it works, what it's going to be like, all of that. And like you said, uh, you have several uh, cousins that have went to various Pac-12 schools. Um, and you're right. I believe just about every one of them, first generation. Yeah. 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 Pretty well, cool. and I always think it's cool looking at our family too on both sides, your your side and dad's side. It's like there was like some high school, not everyone graduated in terms of my grandparents. Then right. you and dad graduated high school and did some college. And then I finished college and went to grad school, right? So it's just, it's kind of cool because as parents, I'm told, and I imagine someday, like this is how I'd feel, but you just want a little bit more, a little bit better for the next generation, like for your kids. And it's sort of cool because our family has done that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Most parents do. They, they want their kids to have it better than they had it, no matter what that level was, you know, just, they want it to be better for them. And, um, uh, there in our family, it has gotten better for, um, you and your cousins and, um, but, our family also is a lot like your dad and I, where it's a family effort, you know, to yeah. do it at a higher level like that. When you get into playing travel ball and all that, even before college, um, 
It's a family commitment. Everybody has their role. Everybody knows what their role is and how they're contributing. And um, you just do it all together. You know, um, it does take a village. It takes a village. Yeah, it does. And I don't know how aware you were of softball specifically before me. Like you liked sports, but I don't know how top of mind softball was for you. But now, what do you think of softball? Like, not just because of me. I I love softball. Um, One of the things that I like the best about it is the pace of the game. It's a lot faster than baseball. Um, So I really like that. I love the fact that um, girls can do in that sport everything boys can do, you know. All the way down to, I remember when you were little and your dad was coaching and when he was teaching girls how to slide in the dirt. And, you know, you think of a little girl all clean and dainty and all. Girls love to slide in the dirt. They love it. They absolutely love it. And they can slide just as well and be safe just as much as as any baseball player. Um, I played softball you know for fun and no i never did think too much about softball with you um i remember when i signed you up to play i actually signed you (laughs) up to play on a baseball team boys and girls i didn't even know there was softball out there for little girls and my friend told me no 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 you signed her up in the wrong league you need to take over to this league you know and sign her up And so we did. And um, your dad's biggest challenge, um, he is a baseball guy. And so he was able to teach you the fundamentals of the sport, which between the two are very similar. But pitching, he knew nothing about the windmill, underhanded, fast pitch, uh, because he he was a pitcher in baseball. So um, that was totally different. But he taught himself so he could teach you. Yeah. Um, and we just rolled with it. And that's my recommendation to all parents is let your kid try a bunch of different sports and just see what one they really fall for, what one they really, really like. And you don't have to do it 24-7. Just support it. Just support it and encourage it if it's what they really, really like. And I think they can go, kids can go really far. Yeah. Well, the thing is, we keep talking about dad, obviously coaching me because he was so involved in the actual game play, but it's known in our family that you can have some effect on game play too with your voodoo. (laughs) I knew you were going to bring up my voodoo. (laughs) A lot of people, including your boyfriend, uh, took a while to come around to my voodoo, okay? Um, it, it, it's just the ultimate fan that believes that they can will a team to win. Um, but you have to really believe it. It's it's not a faking thing or anything, you know? Um, but I've, I've willed teams to win um, many times you playing. Um, <laughs> if I really wanted you to 
get a hit. You know, I would always do stuff like this, like keep your eye on the ball. Yeah, like Robert De Niro in Meet the Parents. Yeah. Yes. I, I didn't do go like this. I just did <laughs> this. But it caught on. It got to where other parents, if their their daughter was struggling hitting, they would start doing this, or they would tell me, Marie, can you can you do this when your daughter comes up to bat? You know, yeah. and I had another certain little thing that I did with you when you pitched, as far as hitting your spots, and it was just willing it. Um, and I do that for my favorite sports teams. I do that with Stanford football. You know. Um, I do it with Stanford basketball. I do it with any any team that I'm really into. But the voodoo only works if you're kind of in it for the whole game. You can't yeah. come in, in like the last period or the quarter and think, okay, I'm going to put up a bunch of voodoo and it's going to make it. Yeah. It doesn't quite work like that. Even though some, so yeah, Sam would act like, no, that's not it. Like, come on. It's not about what your mom does. It's the hard work that these teams do all week, you know. But then it'll be like, everything's on the line at the end of the game. He's like, did you text your mom? You know, we need, we need her. We need her voodoo. Did you text her? I'm like, okay, (laughs) I'll text her, you know? But yeah, I mean, I remember you saying sometimes like even for my teams too, like if we were behind and it was not looking great for us, dad would kind of be like, oh, well, that's it. And you'd be like, no, no, it's not over yet. And then we'd end up winning, you know? So that's just, it's also optimism. Yes, a, a true fan is a fan all the way to the end and believes there could be a comeback no matter, you know. I mean, not if you're, like, in softball, if you're down by 10 runs, no. Voodoo's not going to make 10 runs appear. Yeah. Well. But, but in a close game or where you have an opportunity to come back, um, the believing and the fans and all that, it plays a part too, you know. I think if – if the players believe they can do it and the fans believe they can do it, well, you know, it, it yeah. should be able to be done. Well, but that kind of mindset to me is what makes like a strong person, not just a strong woman, but a strong person. Like it sounds silly cause we're talking about voodoo, but like in life though, you know, and you're like, you have to keep believing in that sort of thing. And I've told you many times that when I think of strength, I think of you, you know, you were a a working mom my whole life. Um, and I've, I've met a lot of stay at home moms that are incredibly amazing and have given just as much value, you know, to, to their daughters and their kids. But that's just so happened to be the type of thing that I wanted to pursue a career later in life. And so getting to see you doing that, having a family, all of that stuff, Um, and just the resilience with everything that you've been through in your life and that we've been through together. I think of, I think of you when, when you think of strong women, what do you think of? (laughs) I think of you. That's amazing because you, you think of me and I actually think of you. Um, I I think a strong woman, there, there's not this big secret recipe to it. You know, it's just a matter of tenacity, you know, sticking with it, believing and and just, you know, you fall off the horse, you get back on. You know, that's where strength comes from and and you move forward. Everything always keeps going forward. It's not going to go backward, you know. So and, and you have to, as your father says in sports, you have to make the adjustments in life. Yeah. 
to the different things that you're you're dealt and a lot of times there's there's a reason for it you may not know what it is at the time but there, there's usually a reason for it you're being led a certain direction for a purpose yeah but thank yeah. you for that compliment well thank you for that compliment you'd think we planned it i know <laughs> i know right yeah so now we can both have a little pep in our step after this. <laughs> <laughs> little strut in our stride. Yeah, exactly. Well, in my softball days, and I would that can include what I'm doing now, like with broadcasting and stuff too, if you want, just whatever you think. It's like, what do you feel like? It doesn't have to be the best moment, but just a moment that sticks out to you or a memory whether it's your favorite, the funniest, the most significant, whatever, but like what, what kind of sticks out to you from our time in this softball world? Um, you'd have to almost break it into pieces because there's favorite plays, there's favorite memories of things that we did on a softball trip that were more family oriented. Um, you had one birthday um, and uh, we were playing in Colorado and I set it up so that you could go horseback riding and had your cake where it was a softball field and there was pictures of you horseback riding. You'd never been horseback riding. Yeah. So that's a, that's a favorite memory of mine because we, we celebrated and it was around softball. There's tons of funny ones, like when the rainstorm opened up at the rodeo place where they were having opening ceremonies and the girls were throwing their cleats in the trash because they were all wet and covered in manure. And yep. um, there's tons of stories, tons of history. Um, a lot really, really pleasant. Some not so pleasant like that. Um, great plays you had your uh, consecutive game grand slams in your senior season. That's a great play that will always stick out to me. Um, but I think my favorite was when you were playing travel ball in Huntington Beach and you guys were playing the Batbusters and there were a lot of college scouts there. It was a close game. Everybody, the other games had ended and everybody kind of started moving in to watch that game because it was so close. And you had a really hard ball hit to you at short and you didn't have time to get up and throw it. So you threw it from your knees and you got the girl out. That's probably my favorite play. And then when you got, you know, a letter from Princeton saying, hey, we were there. We saw you make that play from your knees. I mean, you, as a parent, and because I didn't get, have the opportunity to go to a university like you did, um, you can't even imagine that high. It's, it's off the charts. You know, your, your mind just can't even absorb it. Um, but it was, I mean, the whole crowd going, oh, wow, you know, and stuff like that. Um, so there's a lot of different things, you know, that are, that are favorites. That's, that's just a few, you know, personal, terrible, <laughs> athletic, <laughs> you know. Well, it's kind of just the, the stories, I guess, like you're saying, 
or, you know, the big, yeah, some of them are like turning points like that. I remember that play very vividly too and getting the, the letter and all that stuff afterwards. And it was just exciting at the time. Because I think it's some of it, some of the stuff you said too, it's like when my efforts or our efforts as a family would kind of come to fruition. Those are like some favorite memories. Like that play was like a lot of hard work that I'd put in with dad, actually, you know, practicing mm-hmm. to be able to make plays like that. Or like my birthday in Colorado when I was like 11 or 12 that you're talking about when we went horseback riding, it's like we put a lot of effort in as a family to do those kinds of things too. And they got to come to fruition. So it's like, those are kind of the best times. I I think I agree with you there. Yeah. So I know you mentioned some already, obviously, but do you have any more advice to moms of softball players or just moms of athletic daughters in general? Oh, let's see. Well, I think the balance is probably the most important, which we already, you know, discussed at length. But um, with the dads, especially the coach dads, um, moms can always bring in the balance and remember that this is a little girl that's learning how to play a sport. Or even when she gets much older, she's a young lady that's learning how to play the sport. And um try to stay away from uh being so competitive let them be the ones to be competitive on the field you know you can you can love the game and and all of that but there is a point where you can push too hard you know and and i have i have seen some girls um throughout your softball career that that quit playing uh just because uh, mom or dad, and, and don't think it's only dads, that I can think of one in particular that it was actually the mom, and a couple other moms that were just very, very hard on their kids while they were playing the sport, and yeah. they just started to not want to play anymore, you know? Um, so we as parents need to be very aware of that, and um, because moms have the softer side they can be strong and still have the softer side they have the opportunity to to step in and they know when to soften it a bit so don't be afraid to use it as mom yeah well and i think for me the family dynamic that we had happened to be that dad was the coach and you were my mom and the support but for, yeah, for other families, it might be the opposite. The mom could be the coach. Like maybe that's who happened to play sports or play softball or whatever. Um, And the dad's more of the support. So we're talking like ours was a quote unquote, more stereotypical, I guess, or more typical setup, but any setup you have, this stuff still applies. Yes, it really does. It really does. And sometimes it can even be both parents. They're both yeah. very competitive. Maybe they both played sports and played in college and they just get so caught up into it that it, it goes a little too far. Yeah. Um, if you if you want them, if you want a kid to love a sport, the sport can't be their whole life. They yeah. have to have a well-rounded life. Yeah. To love it. Yeah. Well, thanks for helping me do that, Mom. Oh, you're very welcome, sweetie. (laughs)
Do I get wow. to do Safer Out? Do yes, you do. Out? All right. Yes, I was just I about to. Safer Out. See, maybe you have caught up on listening to the other episodes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yep, it's time for Safer Out. You know the rules. Basically, I'll bring something up. And if you like it or you agree with it, you call it safe. If you don't like it or you don't agree with it, you'll call it out. Okay. Sound good? Yep. Okay. First one is sunflower seeds. Safer out. I say out. Really? Yes. Because I, I think that even chewing gum for me is out. Um, you're running around, you're playing a sport. I know a lot of people do it and they can chew gum and walk at the same time and all that, but there's always the choking issue, you know, whether it's little kids, adults, you know, whatever. So, okay, but you're, and you're they're talking, very messy in the dugout, you know. Yeah, but you're talking about having them while playing specifically. Right. Okay, but right. like in general, other than that, like just to have them in, in the stands. Oh, Sunflower seeds are great. Just yeah. don't throw all your shells on the on the ground. You know, have yeah. something to put them in. Well, that's why we we weren't allowed to do stuff like that, like in college, mainly because of the mess. Um, mm-hmm. But also, yeah, I think to focus, like you're saying too. But yeah, okay, all right. Well, that was the first one. So, second one is tournaments with more than three games in a day, safer out. Travel ball tournaments. Travel ball tournaments. Um, I would say out. Okay. I, I do think that four or five games in a day is excessive, uh, especially if you're doing it in some place like Palm Springs, where it's incredibly hot. Which we don't. They don't play the games at night because I guess they don't want to pay for the lights, but it would be so much easier on the kids that are playing and their kids at that point, you know? Um, but yeah, it's, it's an awful lot. Yeah. And, and it's not necessary. I really don't think it's necessary. Yeah. Yeah. I think I agree. Especially when after playing college where you don't play more than two in a day Mm -hmm. and then turning around and playing women's summer ball in my summers during college and then we did play like multiple in a day we were all so sore because these were other like college players too Mm -hmm. and even some people who had had already finished college so yes I I I think I agree with you I'm out (laughs) (laughs) yeah okay well mama last one is bat flips safer out I say out really okay um Bat flips are arrogant, I think. It's also a bit insulting to a pitcher. And because you pitched quite a bit in your younger years, uh, you know, it's unnecessary. It's unnecessary. Um, Are they entertaining? Sure. Sure. They're very entertaining and people love to talk about them and all that. But not necessary. You liked the, like, Teammates celebrating at home plate, though, right? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. yes, definitely. A yeah. celebration doesn't have the arrogance that a bat flip does, you know? You could argue that a bat flip is a celebration, but I think what you mean is, like, celebrating with your teammates is a yes. little different than yes. by yourself. Yeah. Okay. Or, That's or fair. celebrating when you win the game or something like that. But, you know, you could 
you can do that backflip. And the next time you come up to bat, that pitcher strikes you out, you know, <laughs> so it's like, you know, or hits you somewhat. <laughs> that happens too. Yeah. I had a feeling you'd be a little more old school, but I don't think I'd ever actually asked you that before. Right. So, okay. All right, mom. Well, you basically got three, three outs. So I guess you're good on defense. <laughs> yes. And well, that's where you got it from. See, you're great See? on defense. It was all you, not dad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, mama. Well, thank you for doing this and happy mother's day. I'm glad thank that you. we were able to. Thank you. And thank you for having me on, sweetie. And keep doing what you do. Not too many people do it. And um, people like it. You know, it's great to talk about the game and and get it out there and uh, just keep growing it. Keep contributing. Yeah. Thanks, Mama. You're welcome, sweetie. I said it last week, and I'll say it again. I love my mom. <laughs> She's one of the most important people in my life, not just for things that she's done for me and for our family, but for what she's taught us. And she just makes it fun. I mean, learning and having fun is one of the best combinations there is. And I hope that's what this podcast provides. That's the goal at the end of the day. So with that, let's transition to the foul tip of the week. This week's foul tip is about embracing the moment. Or more specifically, not giving the moment away. You know, with postseason, college softball coming up, and the Olympics coming up, these are, it just got me thinking, like, these are some of the biggest moments that these players may ever have in their careers. And when there's pressure like that, it's so easy to get anxious and start overthinking. Wow, this pitcher's one of the best in the country. Or that team went to the World Series last year. They're going to be hard to beat. Or as girls even, saying, what if this is the only shot I have to impress this college scout? When we think those kind of things, we are actually losing the moment. Not only that, but we're giving it away. We're giving it away to our anxiety, to our haters, and really like to our competition. Something that's helped me feel a bit more grounded in those situations is reminding myself that this is the same thing that I've been doing this whole time. It's the same 60 feet from home plate to first base, whether you're playing on a high school field or in Oklahoma City at the Women's College World Series or in Tokyo for the Olympics this summer. The game stays the same. And if the game is the same, why would you change now? Of course, you make the adjustments you've been working on, right? Like, absolutely. But once you're on that big stage... Why would you abandon what got you there? Even in my life now, you know, I'm calling a big series on Pac-12 Network this weekend. It's Washington at Stanford. Super excited about it. And I'm doing it alongside an absolute veteran and a pioneer in Kate Scott. You know, it's easy to get a little high strung, wanting to do a good job and make the most of the opportunity. I mean, I love broadcasting. I care so much. And it's good to care, but sometimes we can squeeze an opportunity so hard that we break it rather than enjoying it while we're in it. And I've called countless games at Stanford over these last years, right? It's my alma mater. I've been there a million times. It's the same field, same press box, same home team, same conference. I just have to be me and play to my strengths. 
I've worked hard. Just let me soak up every second I'm able to, just enjoying it and learning as much as I can. At the end of the day, that's gonna, that's gonna help me do a better job than overthinking what adjective I should use to describe a player or something silly, right? It leads to better performance and it's actually a better experience too. But we can't put so much weight on our shoulders that we hold ourselves back. We have to allow ourselves to rise in that moment. So that's it. Don't give the moment away. That's the foul tip of the week. You've been listening to Believe in Softball, presented by Bet Online. The show is available anywhere you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, and wherever else you listen, including Believe.com. You can also watch the videos on YouTube. It's great. Hit that subscribe button, rate the show, write a review, share the episodes. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Believe in Softball. Again, B-L-E-A-V. You can always reach out to me on Twitter at JennaBacera01 and Instagram at JennaBacera as well. As always, thank you for tuning in. Catch you soon. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.